0: What's up guys, Rick here with my top 5 fades for this week's AT&T Byron Nelson. These are golfers that for one reason or another I have concerns about. Maybe it's recent form, maybe it's ownership, whatever it is I think they are worth a second look and a second consideration if you are going to be plugging them into your lineups or making any type of sizable investment in them this week. I hope to offer a viewpoint that might be Contradictory to what you are currently thinking, I think that's good for the process. So, without further ado, this week's fates. Let's start at the bottom and work our way up, and we'll start with Scott Stallings. He is seventy five hundred dollars on DraftKings this week, and I know what you're thinking, Rick. He's played well recently. And I guess that's kind of true. He had a decent finish at the Wells Fargo Championship. He finished 43rd. He was actually in contention for a minute or two on the weekend. And then at the Valspar, he finished 29th. But what I see is a prime candidate for putting regression. The Wells Fargo Championship, he gained over four strokes putting the week before that, the Valspar Championship, he gained, again, over four strokes putting. There have only been four instances in his entire career that he has gained more than four strokes putting. So He's had two of his four best putting rounds in his last two starts. If that is not a recipe for regression, then I don't know what is. If you look at his numbers from the Wells Fargo Championship last week, he lost three strokes between off the tee and approach. We call that ball striking. He was negative from Tita to green it was really having one of his career best putting weeks that led him to even finish 43rd that is not sustainable for any golfer uh, to be constantly having career weeks so i think we are going to get some regression and bring scott stallings right back to earth Next up is Cam Champ, who is $8,000 on DraftKings, and I'm projecting his ownership to come in somewhere around 16 or 17%. He's one of the top 10 highest projected owned golfers on RickRungood.com right now, and I guess I kind of understand it. People are going to look at TPC Craig Ranch as, as a place where you're going to be able to bomb it without regard for accuracy, and I think that part of that is correct. But also part of me, as the week has gone on, it starts to believe, that if everybody can bomb it out there and everyone's going to be able to find their ball off the tee, then this turns into an approach contest and a putting contest. And when you look at it through that lens, the the argument for Cam Champ gets much weaker. He's lost strokes on approach in three of his last four. He's never really been a big gainer in his career. And then the putting is horrific. He has only gained strokes twice, dating back to August, the Northern Trust. I mean, it has just been uh, loser week after loser week after loser week. And we're talking about losing three, four, five strokes. That's one stroke around on the putting surfaces. So if we think that this is going to turn into a birdie fest where you're going to have to make a lot of putts, you're going to have to shoot something 22, maybe 23 under par to win this golf tournament. I think the path for Cam Champ gets very narrow when you start inserting him, uh, getting closer to 20% owned. uh, It becomes a, a much larger pill to swallow. I I think I will be avoiding that situation on Cam Champ this week. Jason Day is next, and he's $8,900 on DraftKings, and he's he's really unrecognizable as a player right now. All the things that we knew from Jason Day when he was just dominating the PGA Tour, uh, we have not seen that version of him and and, and not even anywhere close to it, and, and we shouldn't expect it. It's 2021, but look at what he's done over his last couple of starts. He's been a small negative off the tee. He's been way worse on approach, and the putter, even the putter. Remember, there was a time where, where Jason Day made every single thing that he lined up. He has lost over 12 strokes putting over his last 11 rounds of golf. It is it is a horrific number. It is one that, again, we've talked about this a lot with guys like Ricky Fowler, Gary Woodland, whatever it is. If you start losing your biggest weapon, it's a significant red flag. And, I, and I'd argue with how good Jason Day was, he's actually kind of lost two weapons. The ability to, to pin-seek, which is something we saw him do so successfully Uh, for a long time and the ability to putt which was his super his superpower so he's basically lost uh, two of his weapons which makes him a really scary person to roster every single week and you wonder what his trajectory is moving forward as we continue to see the struggles with Jason Day $8,900 much too expensive this week for me Ryan Palmer is $9,100 on DraftKings. And quite frankly, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Palmer. If you have followed this channel for any period of time, you know that I roster Ryan Palmer a lot. Uh, he has been, over the last 18 months, one of the most valuable golfers for fantasy purposes Uh, but this week is just a little bit different it is he's 9100 he's much more expensive than I was hoping in this field considering his opening odds were 50 to 1 to win this golf tournament he is getting not only the the Texas narrative he is getting the narrative that he holds the course record around here I have him as one of the the five uh, projected top five highest projected owned golfers heading into this week so I think we're just at a critical mass and I actually compare this situation a Lot to Max Homa from last week at the Wells Fargo Championship. I like Max. I liked Max Homa, but said it's not the week to pay up for for him. Right? It is not the week to pay for the defending champion status for twenty percent of our closest friends to get on him. Just go play him in a couple weeks. There's there's no reason to force Ryan Palmer into your lineups right now, and it's kind of the or, or Max Homa. To, into your lineups, and i feel the same way about ryan palmer i'm gonna play him a lot moving forward i don't need to play him when he is at max ownership and when i think his price is a hair too high so it's actually a testament to his game i hope he plays well i just think the game theory says you should be avoiding him in a significant uh in a significant way this week And then finally, Hideki Matsuyama, he's $10,300 on DraftKings, he's one of the most expensive golfers here, and we haven't seen him tee it up since his win at the Masters. And I will admit, a lot of the case against Hideki Matsuyama this week is anecdotal. You know, the argument that he's coming off of a historic win, one that he was uh, given the hero's welcome back in Japan, we knew he he flew back to Tokyo, we know we had to quarantine, we know that he got uh, a plethora of honors, and then eventually has to fly back to the states and you wonder if that cuts a little bit into his practice time and if you know maybe just he wants to ease back into golf considering he just won the masters and became a hero in japan but if you flip from the anecdote side and you kind of look at the numbers you realize that his win at the masters was still his only top 10 dating back to basically the previous Masters, right? It was the Houston Open where he finished runner-up in November. So all the events that he played between there, he had zero top tens, and then he goes out and he wins the Masters. And and what we have learned from Hideki over the years is that while he is great and while he has a, a very high floor because of how good his ball striking is, his path to victory, his path to real success, sometimes gets very narrowed because he has to overcome putting woes. So it's it's a situation where I think his floor is better than his ceiling. And you look at his price and you say, well, I, I kind of need a ceiling week, right? It's not an $8,900 uh, Hideki Matsuyama. It's a $10,300 Hideki Matsuyama. You need a ceiling week to to pay for that. We just had a ceiling week from him in April at the Masters. I'm concerned that it is uh, not going to happen again back-to-back starts for Hideki. So um, if you made me guess, I think like the average finish for Hideki is T22. Like you run the, he just finishes T22 a lot uh, because of how great his floor is. So I will be avoiding Hideki uh, in most situations this week. All right, that'll do it. My top five fades for this week's AT&T, Byron Nelson. I'm sure I've ruffled some feathers, so you can send your complaints uh, to me via Twitter, at Rick Run Good, or you can drop them in the comments below and we can start a really good conversation. But for now, thank you very much. Good luck this week and I'll talk to you soon.